Welcome to the BioEPT podcast. I'm Lucille. And I'm Vivian. And we are so excited for today. Today we have very special guests joining us to explain their research experience and how they found undergraduate research. I think both Lucille and I can agree, and many people actually, that research is this big obstacle that's kind of just in the future that you know you have to do, but it can be really intimidating. So today we are sitting here and talking to both Kenny and Andrea, who are both so nice to just come and sit with us and talk to us. Would you guys like to start by introducing yourselves? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Andrea. I'm a senior and I'm doing the bioengineering and material science and engineering joint program. I'm from Honduras and I currently do research at the Kumar Lab. So my research is uh, centered around understanding how different brain mimetic environments uh, affect uh, glioblastoma, brain cell cancer invasion. And uh, I'm basically studying the synthesis of hyaluronic acid, which is um, a polymer that is native to our brain and trying to manipulate its functionalization uh, in order to use this for, to create an array of, of hydrogels. And uh, these are used for GBM um, invasion assays. If you don't mind me asking, um, what is GBM or could you clarify what GBM is? Yeah, GBM is a glioblastoma, okay. which is the tumor that uh, is specific to this brain cancer. Awesome, thank you. What about you, Kenny? Uh, so I'm Kenny. I'm also a fourth year. I'm not in BioE. Uh, I'm a microbiology major, which is a biology major in CNR or the College of Natural Resources. Um, I am also the head peer advisor for the Office of Undergraduate Research and Scholarship, which is the office that's responsible for URAP, which is one of the many, or which is one of which, which is one program that you might be familiar with. Um, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit today. Uh, my research experience includes. Um, I've done a lot of plant parasite computational modeling since my freshman year, which has worked in out of the UC Herbarium here on campus. And I also am part of the Shapir lab where I'm doing an independent project studying how host genes affect the composition of the gut bacteria that, um, uh, that are in the model organism that we use in our lab C. elegans. Um, and yeah, we can talk about that more later, but that's the brief intro. Awesome. Thank you so much. A question that I want to start with is, what is the biggest challenge for undergraduate students to find research? Uh, sure. I think that uh, personally, what I found to be the biggest challenge is uh, making sure that like you put yourself out there earlier on. It's it's a lot of times it's intimidating to think about, oh, I, I need to talk to my GSI or I need to talk to a professor that um, I'm interested in their research. And, and sometimes we're afraid of like not getting the response that we want to get from them. But I think that it's really important to just try. And the worst thing that could happen is that they say, oh, we're not currently looking for undergrads. So I think, um, yeah, personally, I would say, again, the biggest challenge is just thinking that you don't have enough experience or thinking that you are just a freshman or just a sophomore and not like seeking these opportunities that are there for you. Yeah, I'll second that. I mean, a, a big thing is just kind of just like being scared of failing and kind of the whole thing about research. And I'll say the same thing about like internships. And when you apply to jobs eventually is that you really just got to apply to like so many positions. And so um, there, so there is URAP and we can talk about that a little bit, but uh, if URAP doesn't work out, then you, the alternative or the big alternative is cold emailing a bunch of professors. 
and kind of just getting used to just reaching out to all these people. And you don't even know if they're really taking on undergraduates or what their situation is, but just getting used to looking up these people, hitting them up with an email saying, hey, so-and-so, I like your research. Can I join your lab? And sending out like a lot of these emails and expecting the, you know, 80% of them to not even get a response. And maybe out of the 20% only, uh, 5% will say yes, or 5% will ask to chat or whatever. But really just using, you know, the laws of probability to just like get yourself out there and like um, increase the numbers of applications you send out because there you will increase your chances of um, actually getting a response and getting into a lab position. But um, yeah, I hope, hopefully after this talk, the people listening won't like, like this sounds really intimidating how I said, like you know, gotta apply a lot of different positions applications, but uh, I hope that the impression that we can give off after this conversation is that it's actually not as intimidating once you kind of know what you're doing and you get into the flow of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess the biggest thing would just to be like to start. And also one thing that you brought up is like cold emailing, but I think that there's also an element of presenting yourself as like a good applicant. But if you're someone like me who has no experience, how do I, like, what traits that professors or labs look for um, in, like, an undergrad? I think that, honestly, previous experience is not the most important thing uh, because, ultimately, they're going to teach you everything you need to know. They're going to train you, and they're going to um, show you, like, how to use their instruments or how to run, like, the experiments that uh, you're going to be doing. Um, I think the most important thing is having a passion for whatever you're pursuing. So if you can show them that uh, you really are passionate about this topic that they're doing research on, then that is a lot more important than maybe having done research in high school if you're a freshman or stuff like that. But also I think that it's important to uh, make sure that you communicate like I, because you're an undergrad, you, you're gonna make mistakes. So uh, making sure that you know and you that like this is a scientific process and you're not going to expect a positive like result the first time you run an experiment and understanding that you don't have to beat yourself up if like you make a tiny mistake or if your like your result is not what you want but you're this is a learning experience so um showing that along the process you want to grow as an engineer or as biologists or whatever is the area that you want to pursue is a lot more important than just having a lot of, of previous experience in my opinion. What do you say having passion and resiliency are some of the two most important traits that labs want to see? Yeah I think that they they really don't have to train you if they didn't want to so if they are looking for undergrads it's because they like mentoring it's because they want to share their passion for their research and and they're going to teach you they're going to help you along the way so just being um someone who like really likes to learn and is really passionate about the areas i think more important yeah that's great advice i was like i agree to everything so uh in addition like it's not just like undergraduates when they join the lab like they have to learn everything like when graduate students join the lab when postdocs and for people who don't know what postdocs are, there are people who already have their PhDs who are joining labs to do additional training. So in you know, every level, when anyone joins a lab, you're going to have to learn a lot of things. You're going to spend you know, months failing. I've seen a lot of people in my lab who are new members who are newer than me, and they spend months learning and training the basics, especially when they, you know, they don't know certain techniques or they're not used to our model organism. So like 
it really doesn't matter what kind of skills you come in with, especially as an undergraduate, because they're just going to assume you know nothing. Even if you know how to run a PCR, they're going to like teach you how to do a PCR again because they want it done the lab's way. So um, it's really like Andrea said, it's about like passion and it's about resiliency. And I will say, I'll, I'll add to that by saying like how you can show that off in either in your essays, like through URAP or cold emailing is spending the time to sit down and like looking at what the lab does, looking at their research and trying to figure out like, and trying to really get a sense of the kind of stuff they're doing in their lab. You know, of course you don't have to be right. You could maybe think they're doing one thing but actually do another thing. But the point is, is your goal is when you write these emails is to demonstrate that you have tried and that you're willing to. So uh, how you do that is by being as specific as possible in your emails. So uh, I spend a lot of time as a peer advisor in the office, like reading through people's emails or reading through people's essays. And the biggest mistake I see is like, for example, when people apply to biology positions, they often say, I wanna join your lab. Like, let's say I wanna join your, um, your uh, uh, stem cell research. Let me, let me think of something more specific, like, like your uh, magnetosome, which is an organelle and a bacteria. Okay, very specific, that's what the lab does, very specific project and qu question, but they write, I wanna join your lab because I like biology, right? It's so broad and like, or even, you know, a little better, but not as good is, I wanna join your lab because I like bacteria. So you're getting better now, but it's still, you know, there are dozens of labs on campus that study bacteria. And so a lot of the things that you have to do in your application is say, you know, First, you have to answer like, why me? Like why out of all the applications that you're receiving, should you take me? But the second question you have to answer is why this lab? Why do you want to join this lab out of all the labs? So you really have to convince the professor that you, that this lab is really the, the, this, the question that the lab is investigating is really unique and you really, really want it that to answer that question. So you have to be very specific in your emails to, in order to be uh, to increase your chances of being most successful. So saying like, I really like that you all are studying magnetosomes and that you're using this certain technique that only your lab uses in the world to study magnetosomes. And that's why I'm really interested. And I like your technique because, you know, the advantage of the technique versus other techniques and blah, 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 blah. Or I like magnetosomes versus, you know, other organelles because of blah, 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 blah. So um, the idea is, is that like you're really honing in and you're showing them that you're putting the effort to really learn about their lab and kind of um, that this is the kind of effort they would like to see in undergraduates or, or any kind of researchers that they're doing their own research and they're able to converse with it. And it's totally okay if you get it wrong. Like you, like you say like, oh, you use this kind of microscopy, but actually they use a totally different one or they don't use that one anymore. They don't really care. They don't expect you to get anything right. So the fact that you tried is a really, really like amazing thing. And it already puts you in like the 1% of applicants. And like, that's how you really make yourself stand out. And it's really intimidating. Um, but like, I think it's a really important skill to adopt and it helps, and it's not just something you do to apply, it's really the skill of learning how to like look at a lab's website and understand what they do and familiar yourself with like the real world of science is um, an invaluable skill that will help you in like all aspects of your scientific career. Oh, I really appreciated all of that advice. I think that it's really important to show that you have a genuine interest in what you're doing. And I think that's like one thing I actually wanted to ask you about is like, how do you differentiate the fact that you are just wanting to do research for the sake of doing research and finding something you're actually like 
interested in? And I know that might sound like a dumb question because like, oh, you know, if you're passionate about something, you're passionate about something. But I feel like for me, sometimes like you get so stuck in this like mentality of, oh, I have to accomplish this one thing that you kind of forget. Yeah, I think that the most important thing is like connect your experiences, your passions with uh, this research that you want to pursue. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be going into lab a lot, like you're going to be there for a long time. So if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then what is, why are you doing it in the first place, right? So um, I think that it's really important that you don't get caught up on the, on the feeling that, oh, I need to do research just for the sake of doing research. You should be doing something that you actually care about. And uh, sometimes like you have to think outside of your comfort zone and think maybe I don't know a lot about this, um, about this topic, about this area, but I'm really interested in it. So it's, it's fine if you go and like explore new areas that are not in like your background, but um, just make sure that whatever you're doing, you really care about. And I think a good way to do this is uh, talk to your GSIs because they will have more time than the professor to talk about their research. And at the end of the day, when you join a lab, you're going to get a mentor who's probably a graduate student or a postdoc, not the professor. Uh, it's it's going to be like the mentor is going to be someone who is under the professor. So if you take the time to talk to people that are in that lab or in that group that you're interested in and like listen to their experiences, uh, listen to all that they're doing, then you're going to get a better sense of whether that lab or that group is a good fit for you because that's also something really important. And it's more than just like, oh, this, this lab has a lot of publications and it seems like they do really great things. It's more like, do I vibe with the lab? Do I vibe with the people as well? Because that's another really important thing because if you go and you become part of this community, right? And you don't even like the people there, you don't like the work environment, you don't like anything and you just go to do like this work because you want a publication, then it, your, your work is not going to be as meaningful, as impactful because you're not going to be uh, as happy doing this. And then you're not going to want to do this. Like this is going to feel like, oh, this is homework. This is busy work. But if you, if you really care about, about whatever uh, the research you're pursuing is, then it's all going to make sense. And, and you're going to be able to, connect all all your experiences and your passions with this yeah totally uh i'll i'll add that like um i think i this is a quote from like a nobel laureate it might have been like martin chalfi who like was famous for like gfp but basically he said like mm -hmm. or someone said all research is exciting um when you get to the core of the question because all research by definition is getting to the forefront of human knowledge and really trying to advance understanding and so really all these questions that we're asking in research, when you really start to understand like the reasonings behind why we're doing things and using these novel techniques, it really is exciting. And I think um, a lot of people are surprised that I talk to who I kind of encourage them to apply to some projects they're not super excited about or whether it's not their dream lab. And they get back to me a semester later and like, wow, I love it. And I definitely had that personal experience. Um, but so like Andrea was kind of saying, is like the most important thing, especially at our level, meaning undergraduates, is not that we're working in the perfect lab and like, you know, like there's like, oh, I 
start a college and I want to do this is I want to cure or solve this very specific disease, whatever, you know, you, you come in with all, you might come in with all these like passions and drives to do this very specific question, but the most important thing for the longevity of your career, whether even if you want to go to industry right after college, or you want to go to grad school is like getting great mentors and really having people teach you like the fundamental skills of like, how do you ask a question? How do you design an experiment? How do you do this? How do you do that? How do you stay resilient? How do you like, or just how do you like have a good working environment or relationship with your advisors? Um, it's really not about the questions you ask, it's really about the work environment. And I would recommend um, like a great working environment over like, even like, like a super famous like PI. Like there are a lot of professors who are really, really like uh, famous and they're big names in the field, but they like, you will never get to talk to the professor because they're such big deals. They're flying around the world or like they're always at conferences. So. Um, I think for undergraduates, it's actually the best thing is to look for the smaller labs, maybe even the newer labs where the professor will give you more time. Like our lab is on the smaller side and I meet with my professor like week, like almost daily. Like he stops by my bench all the time to ask me questions, how I'm doing. He knows exactly what I'm working on. Um, and it's a really awesome experience because when I apply to graduate school, you know, he's going to write my letter of recommendation and he's going to have a lot to say because he knows me personally. So um, I would really recommend like people looking more at the environment and the kind of um, like mentorship rather than just like the exciting flashy projects. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. I can't remember the, what was the, I don't remember the exact question you asked, but I hope that answers. Oh, no, it definitely did. Thank you. There's a part of me who's like, there are so many things out there, but I don't know if I'm passionate about it yet. And I understand that there's just like the fact that I just need to go and try it for myself and see if I like it. And then I'll move on but I was just wondering like how do how does one differentiate with about that um, yeah can I actually share I'll share a personal story about that yeah. so like I said um so I came into college like really really obsessive about like gut microbiome and gut bacteria and that's the work I eventually got involved with but um but yeah I was just like man I read a book like a pop fiction or uh, pop science book uh coming into college about like the gut microbiome and I got really really hyped about it and I was like wow I'm gonna try to join a lab and so I looked at URAP and I saw a position for the gut microbiome in like in birds. And I was like, this is super cool. Like I'm going to apply to this project. And I'm going to apply this project only. And I didn't really, I wasn't going to be mad if I didn't get in. Like it was just kind of just like, I didn't know what URAP was. So let's just try it. And gut microbiome is cool. So I actually ended up getting an interview, but uh, I didn't get in. Um, and so like the next semester came around and I was like, man, I really should like try to apply to a project that. Uh, maybe it's not like just gut microbiome, but it's something that like, I just wanted to get research experience like a lot of people did. I, and I didn't, wasn't super picky on what it was. So I looked and I actually just scrolled to the very bottom and I found this interesting project on like computational modeling of like plant parasite communities in Australia. And I was like, oh, okay. I kind of had an impression that people, you know, when they see plants, they kind of check out. And so there's going to be a lot less applications for it. Um, it required a lot of like R and like, I, I had a little background in R from high school. So I was like, I'll just try it. Um, and I ended up interviewing for it. And like the mentors were just super cool and they were like really, really passionate about the work. And they really convinced me to like, come onto the project. Um, and so like, and I wasn't like super excited about it at first. Like I was like, oh, you know, gut microbiome is like kind of my thing, but I'm here to like learn, get some experience and maybe pivot to gut microbiome like next year or something. But I ended up like loving it and just like having, it was a really small where it was basically just two retired professors who were um, kind of like, they had no other students at the time and they were just 
um, they wanted to work on this small project uh, in their free time. And that's kind of like what I ended up doing. And I had like two professors who I was their only student and they would just spend all day, like we would work together and like they would tell me all these stories and tell me like how much, tell me all these stories, like their careers and like how much they loved research. And, um, and yeah, it was a really great experience and I learned a lot. Um, and I got, and I learned a lot of the intricacies of our system and like the questions we were asking. And that's when I really, really got excited about it. Like when you look at a question that's like very broad and you don't really understand what's going on, it can sound really boring. But when you get to the small details and trying to like figure these things out, it gets like, at least I felt like it got really, really exciting. And I think that a lot of people overlook projects that they, and they actually might actually love. If they actually were given the position to do it. But yeah, that's my little story. It's a little rambly, sorry, but. No, um, no, not at all. Yeah. I really appreciate that. In fact, the perfect segue in asking like, Andrea, did you have a similar experience or like what was your experience getting into research? Yeah, um, I think that I really like your story. And I think that like, um, I can definitely agree that like, well, sometimes like small little things um, make us like want to go into research. And at the time we might not even realize. And I think that for me, when I was like probably in middle school, um, I, I was really like my school was really big in like science fairs and stuff. And I was like the type of person who like would go all out for science fairs. And um, I just remember that I like somehow came across this um, this thing called the oligodynamic effect, which is basically I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's basically like a biocidal effect that some heavy metals have that like um, inactivate bacteria basically by like damaging the, the membrane the cell uh, wall membrane and so at that time I was like 12 probably and I had no idea what this was but I just thought it was really cool and so um I somehow convinced my 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 mom to like let, let ask her friend who's a microbiologist to let me like do this project in her lab and so um I just went into her lab and I just remember like I was like um putting like pieces of jewelry into like this um into the petri dishes and like trying to understand like inhibition zones and how like the the E. coli was like affecting like growing around this pieces of jewelry right and back then I had no idea that like this was actually going to be like related to what I would pursue in the future and like looking back it makes so much more sense because it was like exactly bioengineering and material science and engineering and it and I think it's funny because it took me so long to realize that that was what I wanted to do but um like 12 year old me had a better idea of like what I wanted to do. And um, I think that like little things like that, um, like spark a, a, like interest in research. And then um, the way that I got involved in research at Berkeley was basically um, my mentor was, was looking for, for a mentee. And, and I, I think she like emailed Sui. I'm, I'm part of Sui. She's a society of women engineers. And she was like, Oh, I'm looking for, someone who, um, an undergrad to, to take on one of my projects with me. And, and I interviewed with her and, and I really loved her style of mentorship and like all the work that the lab was doing. And I think that that is really important because there are different types of mentors and, and maybe you are the type of person that likes to be supervised at all times. And you don't feel like you want to do, um, like lab work on your own. But on the other hand, like you might be someone who would like to do independent work. So I think that uh, I felt like this was a good fit for me, both like the lab, the project, but also like my mentor. And I really loved 
um, just the way that she like was so passionate about her research. And I'm so grateful for her because honestly, like, I feel like these grad students really don't need to be taking all this time to, to teach you everything that you need to know. And, and looking back, it was like, just like taking the time to, to talk to her about her research and then realizing that I really was interested in this area made a huge difference. And like, it gave me an opportunity that I didn't think about at the moment. So just, I think be on the lookout for those types of opportunities, but also um, apply to other programs like URAV, like Henny said, like, uh, maybe sometimes we we know that they're there, but we don't want to, we don't want to like, we constrain ourselves and we we are like, oh, maybe I won't get in. But but in reality, it's like if you don't try, you're not gonna get in. So yeah, just make sure that you're putting yourself out there. Sure. Oh, um, Kenny, would you like to describe what is Europe? I'm I feel like we talked about that a lot today, but some people may not know what that is. Yeah, definitely. So URAP stands for, oh gosh, Undergraduate Research Apprenticeship Program. So what that is, it's basically a program at Berkeley run by the office that I work for. Um, and how I like to describe it is it's basically just a place where professors or you know researchers who are either faculty or um, the graduate students they work for, they're, um, it's a place where you can connect people who are looking to have research apprentices or like undergraduate assistants and connecting them with undergraduates who wanna get into research. So what it is when you go to the URAP website, uh, you can look at like, you, you eventually find like click all projects or if it's application season, you can see the open projects and you'll just see a list of departments. And when you click the department, you'll see like four or five or maybe even 10 for some of the bigger departments professors and they will post the title of the project, a description of the project, and they will, uh, what's even great is they also include things like what kind of student they're looking for. They're looking for a freshman who really has no experience and kind of they want to teach them from the ground up, or they're looking for a fourth year neurobiology student who knows all of these techniques already, who's already taking all these classes, so they don't have to teach them much. Like they'll tell you exactly what kind of student they're looking for, what the uh, what kind of uh, responsibilities they're going to be working for, the hours even of how many hours they expect you to be working for. Um, and so you can sift through these like projects and you can kind of find the ones that you want. And actually you're only allowed to apply to three a year, sorry, a three a semester and the applications open up the week before some school starts and they're due the first Monday of school. So usually school, the semester starts, you know, on a Tuesday or Wednesday and they're due right away on the Monday. So it's a super fast turnaround. And if, you know, you're just coming into freshman year, you will, you will almost always miss it. Um, unless you're like lucky, like I was and a friend told me the night before is due. But, um, but like, I recommend, you know, if you're interested in getting into research, like before the semester starts, like either, you know, coming like towards the end of winter break, you, you open up these projects and you look through and just kind of try to figure out what projects you like. Um, but to just keep going on how it works, you choose three projects up to three mentors or so in this case, like up to three labs. So a lab could have like four or five projects and maybe you will get considered for four or five different projects and maybe each four or five project could have um, like one or two different roles like personal experience like my own lab took on oh gosh eight undergraduates this semester just because it was a tiny lab but just because you know covid and we didn't have any undergraduates all of covid so we were trying to re-up our covid or sorry our undergraduate population so um so we we, we took on eight undergraduates this semester um, and, and it was kind of reflected. You saw how many projects we were hiring for. And we said, you know, we're taking one to two per, per project. So, um, 
you choose three, but it's not like you're only vying for three positions there. Some of these uh, mentors could be taking on many undergraduates. It's kind of up to you to figure that out. But, um, and then all you give them is simply your GPA, your year, your major, and what classes you've taken. You don't even upload like an official transcript. Um, and then you write like a one page statement of interest. And that's really the most important part. I would say like GPA very, like rarely, really matters. Year matters somewhat, like sometimes labs are kind of picky on like who they want, um, but they usually are explicit about that in their description. So like if you're a first year, don't apply to four of your projects. Um, but really the most important part, like we kind of talked about is the statement of interest. And what goes in there is like the things we've talked about, like being, showing that you're passionate, like showing that you care about the project and being like specific and selling yourself and selling that you want this lab in particular um, versus like any other lab. So um, yeah, what I love about it is the, so um, like URAP has this reputation around campus. You might've heard if you've been around a little bit longer that it's very cutthroat and it's very competitive. And so one of my jobs as a peer advisor is to like kind of give you like both the, the truth, like the reality of it. And then so like the reality is, is like URAP is somewhat competitive, but it's only competitive because um, a lot of people are applying to the same projects. So I can't tell you there, there's like, I'll just straight up say it. I don't know if I'm exactly allowed to, but I think I am allowed to. There's uh, one URAP project that happens semester by semester, year after year, called like the UCSF Ames Center, maybe the Ames is the professor's name, spine surgery. And like, it's a really cool project, like, because it sounds cool, spine surgery research. Wow, I want to do spine sur surgery research at UCSF. But like hundreds, if not like a people, like definitely like close to a thousand people like apply to it. Like it, the amount of applications this professor gets is insane. And it's because, you know, a lot of pre-meds are applying to it. It sounds exciting. And like, you get to interact with patients sometimes. Like um, it's in reality, when you look at it, like, it's not like you're doing spine surgery. It's not like you're working with spines. You're, you're talking with patients after their surgery and you're interviewing them on their like post-op like care and like kind of like how they're doing after surgery. So, you know, it's, it's like, it's like a public health project. Um, which is like really cool in itself, but it's not like, um, it's not wet lab research. It's not like you're doing like biomechanics stuff. It's, it's a very specific type of project, but a lot of people come in like saying like, oh, I, I love, I want to be a doctor. Please take me. Or I want to be a surgeon. Please take me. And like this professor, like he kind of just like chooses people like out of a lottery because he gets so many, he can never read all the applications. And so it's super competitive. URAP as a whole is super competitive because a huge chunk of URAP people are applying to, maybe, you know, I'm exaggerating because I'm using this one project as like an example of really this problem in URAP. But really there's a lot of labs that, you know, there's a cancer research project that gets a lot of applications as well. Um, blah, 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 blah. So a lot of people are applying to the same projects. And then like, of course, no one's getting in because, you know, uh, everyone's going for like one or two positions. So um, URAP actually is, not when you, I can't, I'm not actually not allowed to tell you the numbers of the overall acceptance rates, but they're actually, I think most people will be surprised if I told you like what percentage of applicants actually get into the program. But the thing is like, it's because like in the English department, a lot of people get in because there's a lot less applications per position. But I would also say like the plant biology projects get a lot less applications. Like there are a lot of, there are a couple CRISPR, like gene editing plant projects that are like really, really cool. They have amazing mentors, like really awesome projects where you get to like do this like, you know, hot new thing, CRISPR that everyone wants to do, but like it doesn't get as many applications as like the CRISPR, like, like human cell line projects, just because, you know, people 
they just see plants and they get turned off. But if you want to do CRISPR, it's the same thing as doing in plants. And like, you're an undergraduate, you should take the opportunity to CRISPR. Like, and it's not just CRISPR, you know, I'm just using that as a flashy example. But my point being is that like, um, URAP is really competitive only because of this, because everyone's applying to the same one. So if you just take the effort and look at all the projects and really like, oh, maybe I do want to try this project. Like actually read the description. Don't just read the titles. Um, like it's really not that bad. And I already kind of forgot the question you asked me. I got on a little tangent, but um, yeah, if you remind me what the question is, I can try to answer that if I totally missed it. But, um, but yeah, that's it. Oh, what is URAP? That's what it was, right? So, yeah, no, yeah. you're good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I actually, I really like that piece of advice. I think yeah, like, no, that makes a lot of sense. Like, if a lot of people are applying for, like, one thing, then, yes, it's going to be competitive. But in reality, there's a lot of smaller labs looking for people out there. And as you mentioned before, that those smaller labs often offer better mentorship opportunities. Um, that's definitely something to consider and to, like, look into. Another thing I wanted to ask you, Kenny, was who has access to your peer advising? Um, is it just for people on, like, CNR? Um or is it everyone? Yeah, so totally everyone has access to our um, peer advising. I guess like technically our office is like housed in letters and science. I'm not even a letters and science student, but like um, it's housed in letters and science. And, um, but like, so our, we run a lot of different programs including like SURF, which is like a summer undergraduate research fellowship where you basically just get like you apply and then you, they just give you $5,000 like into your bank account to like spend on whatever. Um, just to help you out during your summer research. Like I did it two times. It's awesome. Um, but like the big one that we we work for is like URAP just because it's like front facing and like a lot of people who aren't in research are um, trying to get, trying to or use URAP. So um, who has access to our office? Like everyone, like um, we have, I we try to build the peer advising team to be as diverse as possible. Meaning like we always try to have a couple engineers, a couple in the humanities, a couple in the arts, a couple in the biology, like physical science, everything. Um, and we really like um, are just here to serve you. But I think like, you know, College of Engineering has their own peer advisors that are, you know, more general, not just research. Like CNR also has their own advisors. Um, so I'd say like our job is really to just advise anyone on research. Like we can't give you advice on like what classes to take, but like just because we wouldn't know, even though like if you're in my major, I'll, of course, I'll give you advice. But um, but yeah, like anyone who's at Berkeley or even not at Berkeley, like I've had high school kids contact me and I'll meet with them. Like um, we're, we're pretty much open to helping out anyone. Uh, but but we focus on like research related stuff. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I'll actually put like the link to like Europe and like other advising services that not only the College of Engineering um, offers, but also um, what Kenny was saying about peer advising, just to help our audience get a better footing on finding you know, research. Um, yeah, actually, I'll just add that yeah. like, uh, so if you find my name, like through the office, like you're always free to email me. Like you just have to look up my name on the Berkeley email and then you can shoot me an email. I respond to like all my emails. I meet with like anyone who wants to meet with me, like all the peer advisors do that. Like that's our job is just like to not only like reply to people's emails, but like we, we most of the time, like call kids on zoom or like meet people on campus. And like, um, that's what we want to do. And when Europe comes around, I read, dozens of people's applications and like I edit them and so like this is a resource that like you know I feel like it's underutilized and like we have 10 people who are willing to read your application and help you out um so like if you're applying to URAP and you're watching this podcast like you can just email me and uh, and I'll help you out or at least redirect you to, to a peer advisor who might know better than me 
yes yeah. and if you don't mind kenny we will put your name and like email in the description so definitely check that out you guys that's really awesome andrea i know that you are an international student and i know that that can kind of make it difficult to get research opportunities would you like to speak about that yeah i think that that is a really good point a lot of of programs are not open for international students and it can be really frustrating at first to think like oh like why am i not being able to apply for this but um if you really want to do it there are other opportunities so for example uh there's there are for example igem which is a, a the international genetically engineered machine which is a competition team they have i was part of that uh last year they have uh it's a synthetic biology uh research club that is student led and they still have uh wet lab and like come bio lab experiences you can be part of a project you still get mentorship from different uh grad students that basically volunteer to to help this this club out and and they also have a lab space which is really nice so that is a way to like start um if you want to just learn more about the field if you're really passionate about one of their projects so i recommend looking into that um because so another thing that is is really interesting i think is the REUs that are hosted by like different universities over the summer and those are also not open to international students but due to covid a lot of them uh like some schools chose to do it online and for example in the summer of 2020 i was able to participate in REU in biomaterials that was offered by the uh UC San Diego School of Engineering College of Engineering so i think that maybe if you're an international student and you want to be part of this programs uh make sure that you look for 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 this other opportunities that maybe they opened up because now it's online or um or just look yeah just just have to be a little bit more like actively looking for the opportunities and there's still going to be opportunities for you even if maybe it's not the ones that everyone usually gets So I recommend looking into uh clubs, uh, competition teams, also just contact contacting like your uh a lab a PI or like the graduate student directly. I think that would be maybe a lot more successful than than trying to apply to some programs that are offering funding because those are usually not open for international students. And maybe that way you will get um a faster response and also like you will be more successful in in being able to join a lab. For sure. Thank you for sharing, Andrea. Um one thing that I actually wanted to just ask you guys in terms of your own personal experience is just like what's the what's your most favorite thing about doing research? I think for me, I think well, again like I said, my favorite part is probably the mentorship I get from my mentor and the community in the lab and how everyone's like so eager to learn more, but also we are like i am aware that as an undergrad i'm not going to be making discoveries that are going to get me a nobel prize right now you know so i think that having yes, goals right is now you will important. have a nobel prize <laughs> we'll see <laughs> you know? um having goals is really important but uh you have to be realistic about your goals in order to enjoy them and just uh bonding with everyone in the lab making sure to um just get as much of the experience as you can. My favorite part is definitely like also just all the time I get to spend with this graduate students outside of of the lab. 
and just uh, all of the mentoring, all of the advice I get from them. Uh, but also like being able to to be part of this thing that's, you know, a greater community being part of uh, being being able to try this experiment to fail and then like figure out what went wrong to to make your um, whatever your experiment is more efficient. And I think the the iteration part of it is really cool because you get to like, oh, this didn't go as planned, but now what do I have to change so that it works better? And yeah, just not giving up is really important. And then you'll enjoy whatever you're doing. Yeah, totally. It's all about just like the people you get to meet and just like, um, like as an undergraduate, you're, you're like, you're the youngest member of the lab. You're usually like one of the youngest. And it's like, it's really cool to just be in an environment where like everyone is so smart and like, just like also willing to help. And just like, uh, it's been really cool like this last year just to like, you know, more, I started my own project, uh, my own wet lab project. And I just like, I'm doing something and I, and I would just like ask people constantly like, hey, like, I don't know how to do this. Or like, I think I know what I'm doing, but can I ask you a quick question? And people are like, will drop everything gladly and tell you everything about it. And like, and go on tangents and talk about other stuff. And like a lot of the time, like it's, people who aren't in research are like, wow, like you're going on the lab, like you're going to work on the weekends. Like, that's crazy. Like you should go and have some fun. And like, yeah, there are f- more fun things to do sometimes, but like really like, it's a good time that I have there. Like having like, so, so I would say like, I have some of my closest friends there at the lab, like with me and just like, ha- like being able to like joke around while we're doing experiments or like go grab a coffee in the middle or just like go get dinner and then come back. It's like, it's a really cool, like, place to be and I actually like really enjoy and I come to lab even if I don't have lab work just to like work on my homework just because I like being around other people um and a lot of them are my friends so it's um and it's like it's not just like the stuff we do in lab like um I think a lot of professors are really trying to make the work environment like really friendly and like uh like my professor invited us all over to his house for Halloween for like a pumpkin carving like uh like little event and like he invited all the undergraduates who literally like just joined our lab like like I got invited because I've been around for two years but I guess everyone else got invited too who just like been around for a month and it was really cool to like just get to know everyone and like um like be able to like talk to my professor over like a drink and like um hear like his stories and kind of like get a little insight into like academia I got to talk to his wife who's also a professor and she told me a lot about like how they met um this is like a little tangent but this is like these kind of things that just like, like and like in my first project with my plant parasite project just like really all we did at work was just like work on like small little tasks but I got to hear so like a big thing I did was like I work in the herbarium which for those of you who don't know is like um we have a lot of like research museums on campus we have like collections like the museum of vertebrate zoology has a lot of like lions and like like animals that are like like I think they're taxidermied or whatever they're preserved and like researchers can look at them to study likewise like the herbarium is a plant one we have a lot of plant specimens so I was first hired onto the position to like curate meaning like organize and like this huge newly donated collection that my PIs traveled the world for 20 years collecting and so like we would constantly like collect all the like I would just be like organizing and putting these things in a box reading notes trying to identify what it is and like literally like cutting out the box and like cutting out the foam and like the labels putting it on but like everything I was doing like they would tell me this great story about like where they were in the world what was happening what they like did that day hearing about like all these crazy places like Tanzania or like um like places like in New Zealand or like 
Like they're telling me places like they went to go collect like specimen in like an active war zone or like places where like like in the middle of nowhere where like they had to travel like days just to go on this hike just to collect this one thing and just like their their love and dedication to their work was so apparent and it's it was really like made me realize that like people could have this amazing life of just doing research and it's like you know i'm now in like the gut microbiome which everyone's talking about has like this implication for like medicine and health which is super cool but like there's a beauty and joy of like just studying something for the sake of studying something and like studying like natural history and like a plant museum really like can convince you that like you know research is fun for the sake of research and that was uh that was like some of my fondest memories from like research just like sitting around and talking to people about like stuff that like you would never talk about outside of research like you wouldn't just like meet a friend and start talking about like plant parasites or like like intricacies of like experimentation but like you can have a really good time with some of your friends in lab doing that that sounds really nerdy but yeah I don't no, know. sorry I, about being rambly again I have no direction don't apologize it's I think these are the things that honestly I would like to hear more of because I think when sometimes research like it is fascinating but a lot of or at least sometimes I see it as just like work but when you put a more human aspect to it like what Andrea talked about about like mentorship like it just for me becomes a lot more exciting because that's typically what I look for is like having mentorship building good relationships hearing people's stories I think that's something that's just fascinating actually so both of you mentioned like just your mentorship and the community that you were able to find in the labs. And I guess this is kind of like, as someone who is not in a lab and maybe thinking about applying, how do you kind of get an idea of what the mentorship are, what, men, what, sorry, what the mentorship is like, kind of what are the vibes of the lab almost? Like, how do you get to know, how do you get familiar with that lab? Honestly, I think that when, well, typically like if you, have a chat with the person who's going to be your mentor or if you are doing an application that is like a written application I think that you really have to get the point across and just say like this is what I'm looking for in a mentor or this is the type of mentorship that I like for example for me communication is a big thing I feel like I need to to be communicating with my mentor oh um, am I on the right track or like having just check-ins like I, I wouldn't, I, I don't think I would be thriving in a lab where I get to talk to the professor or to the, or to the graduate student like once a month. I feel like that would just make me less interested in what I'm doing. And so I, I like, I think communication is really important for me. Um, also, you have to be like clear about, oh, do you, um, do you like a mentor who like gives you more freedom? on like both designing your experiment or obviously to the degree where you wish you can like decide things or do you want someone who just tells you what to do more as in like like a helicopter mentor type of thing you know so you have to be make sure that you're both on the same page and also for the like community the greater community and like the lab in general I think um just ask some questions like what is like your work environment like because a lot of labs can be like very focused and just I go to lab I get things done and then I leave and they don't interact outside of that and I personally wanted to be in a lab where like people were friends not just colleagues in work and uh, being able to have like lab socials and go to get boba or like have a like 
bonfires or just like chat in the break room I think it was really important for me because those those uh like Kenny said those stories that they share with you are oftentimes like make make you more passionate passionate about what you're doing and like can even be more valuable to your personal life than just running a PCR you know so uh just make sure that you you are both on the same page and and you you are you can you can feel if the person is like someone you want to work with just by talking to them so um just just be yourself whenever you're you're interviewing or you're talking to your your potential mentor and um don't be afraid to ask questions because it's better to ask earlier than just go into a lab where like you don't like the person you're working with you don't like the environment that they have going on so that's my advice yeah like it's really it's really hard to you know really know what the lab and culture environment is like until you're there like a month in um but like yeah like you kind of can start gauging it like maybe not perfectly but like in the interview if you get the chance to interview with them like you'll be able to see like oh is this person like are they t- asking me like to come on weekends and like asking me like I know they ask me like cra- like I've heard people come back and like after their interviews after like I'm advising with them and like they're like oh my god they asked me can I come on Saturday and Sunday like every single weekend and I was like okay that's a little ridiculous maybe you had a choice maybe like don't do that because like you know they're already starting with that kind of stuff and I don't know um but um but that's you know it's just not usually the case like usually the case is like the mentors who who are volunteering their time to have help like to bring on a student they're really excited about mentorship they really care about students like that's why people are in academia like instead of like industry or instead like people become like are in universities because they want to meet undergraduates for the most part and they want to like teach people and especially the ones who are volunteering to do this so um yeah but it's it's hard to like really like because you know if you're if you're only given one interview and maybe you're not vibing 100% with the person you're most likely still going to take the position right but um, I would say like what you can do to make it a better work environment maybe that's the way we should be framing it is that like really like as Andrea said like ask questions like I ask the stupidest questions like people literally make fun of me in my lab like my lab manager is always like oh my god Kenny wasn't here for a week because of midterms and oh, I could finally breathe because he wasn't asking me like where's this where's that how do you do this because I literally like I've like made so many mistakes like I, I learned the hard way like there's no reason why you should like be trying to do things like by yourself if I'm not like 100% confident I know what I'm doing I will always ask someone like like hey like I, you know there's like eight people in a lab at once so like I'll see who's the most free and I'll be like hey I, I'm doing this thing I know I did it like two months ago but I just want to make sure I'm doing like you, you should do it this way. And like, they'll be like, Oh yeah, totally. And like, they will like talk me through different things or like, Oh, do you want me to watch you do it? So you don't make a mistake. Like, and like, and in turn, like now that I'm a more experienced person and we have a lot of new undergrads in our lab, I always like try to check up on the undergraduates. I call them undergraduates, even though I'm one too. Um, that's like a running joke in our lab, but um, like I always check up on all the other students, like who are younger than me and like make sure that like they're doing it right. Even when they don't ask, cause I know how scary it is. And like, um, and a lot of times like you don't want to ask like for help, even though you really, really need it. And then you end up screwing up and it like, it wastes your time. And like, it would have just been easier if you just asked someone a question for like 10 seconds. Um, so ask questions a lot, like, please, please, please. As a person who's now mentoring my own undergraduates, like I have my own lab assistants, like I want them to ask me questions. Like that's what I'm here for. And like, uh, I really couldn't encourage it more. And the other thing is just like, try to like 
be present and like try not to take it too seriously especially when you first join a lab and like I think like 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 when your PI invites you to come over to his house for a Halloween party like like do it like it sounds really scary especially when you just join a lab and you don't really know anyone and you're just showing up to this guy's house um but like I think everyone who should have ended up having like a really awesome time and like I felt like everyone who did all the only about like half of the new undergraduates showed up um, and, you know, they probably, I'm not like blaming anyone who didn't show up, but I think like everyone who did show up was a lot like closer and like we joke around a lot more. Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, like that's like Kathy. And like, I know like this small thing about her now and like, or just like, um, I don't know, like take, take advantage of the opportunities. And like when your mentor asks you to like go get coffee or just like, like try to spend more time in lab. Like don't just like when you're, when you're done, like bounce, like, like if you, you have like a free couple hours after lab. And um, after your like official lab session's over, you'd be like, oh, is there anything else you need me to help you with? Or like, if someone's really busy, like you can ask them to like, see if they need any help, like small things like that. Like take advantage of the fact that like you're in a lab now and you're, even though you might be assigned to one mentor, like get to know what everyone's doing and like get to know their projects, maybe even learn like the different techniques that they're doing that your mentor is not. I'm not an outgoing person, like, but like, I really like try to pretend like I am just to like take advantage of like, all the resources I have and like um, I think it's easy because my lab is really nice but I, from, from like the things I've heard from like everyone like everyone has really nice people in their labs and like everyone has a really great environment for the most part so like just put yourself out there and like don't be scared even though it is really scary don't try not to be intimidated and just like yeah I don't know does that make I don't know if that was helpful but yeah no that was and I think that's like a really good place to end I think that you guys both gave really good advice and just to like recap um ask questions guys like ask don't be afraid to reach out and take the opportunities out there if there's anything that I learned from this whole thing it's just you just have to put yourself out there because if you don't then you miss out on every opportunity I just want to say thank you again so much Andrea and Kenny for joining us today I really appreciated this talk and I've learned so much and I'm like actually kind of excited to apply to research now because it seems a lot less intimidating so thank you yeah me too I'm definitely looking forward to applying I guess I mean like not writing all the stuff but but it it seems a lot more doable now which is exciting seems less intimidating yes Thank you again to Andrea and Kenny for joining us for this episode and giving us so much insight on the undergraduate research process and making the whole application process a lot less intimidating. We really appreciate you guys taking the time. And to our audience, thank you so much for sticking with us this entire time. We hope you tune in for the up and coming episodes. We hope you have a terrific holiday and that it's super restful. And that's the bio ET, my tea lovers. Bye.